one team that didn't get what they wanted for Christmas, the Philadelphia Eagles, 20-17. to They lose in Seattle last night. So at least if the Cowboys... Shall, shall we say what you're talking about, Sam, is a lock? Listen, I don't even know where to start today because we, we got Drew Locke as the only show in the country... I am declaring this right now. It's the only show in the country, not in Denver, not in Seattle, not anywhere, wherever Drew Locke's hometown is. The only show that gets to celebrate Drew Locke today as somebody who went out there and won a football game. When you give him the opportunity to do so, this is the official show of Drew Locke, and we're the ones that get to celebrate today. But I don't even know where to start today. Do we want to start with Drew Locke? I have some just delicious drink-it-in Tears of the Eagles radio postgame show <laughs> where they're calling people names and let's go to that first because okay. I haven't heard this. Okay, I, I want to. I'll save my stuff for after. So, I want to hear this. All right, good. Yeah. So I mean, look, if your team's gonna lose and lose in embarrassing fashion, like the Cowboys did, at least you know that the other that your heated rival lost as well. Now the Cowboys are back in the tiebreaker for the NFC East, and they have the tiebreaker because the Eagles still have to play more division games, but. You would never hear this after after a Cowboys loss in the postgame show. Even thirty one to ten, you wouldn't hear this. I mean, you'd hear them, you know, maybe make some some jokes and some snide comments about how they didn't show up. But th- this is what separates that city, that fan base, that group of hot take artists from everybody else in every other city and every other fan base in the country. I mean, I believe. The podcast that was literally called The Art of the Hot Take is based out of Philadelphia. It's a whole different world up there compared to everywhere else. And so the Eagles lose this game last night. Drew Locke marches 92 yards down the field, throws the go-ahead touchdown pass to Jackson Smith and Jigba, and then Julian Love picks off Jalen Hurts second time last night. Game is over. And I have a couple of things here from the Eagles postgame show. We'll, We'll get to both of them. But we'll just go one at a time here and just drink it all in together. Can we go get a grown-up offensive coordinator? Like like a real grown-up that, that knows how to do it in the, in the modern NFL. There's, there's no way that this offense should be as pedestrian as they have been this entire season. There's no freaking way. It's inexcusable. It, and, the, and the, hey, they're just figuring out, out a way to oh, win. Oh, new coordinator. It isn't happening anymore, right? And, you know, all of a sudden, two and three in the, in the gauntlet. They fired their own coordinator. They fired the wrong coordinator after the loss last night. This is the official postgame show of the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I don't know how many of these guys have their paychecks signed by the Philadelphia Eagles. Look, I I, I love it. I appreciate it. I, I, I'm glad that they're allowed to, sp- to speak freely, but also anybody that's got a microphone in that city, you're not going to tell them how they can and cannot speak. But can we get a grown-up in here and they fired the wrong coordinator? Of course, he's talking about Matt Patricia moved in this week as the defensive coordinator. Sometime earlier this week, they changed defensive coordinators. Matt Patricia, yes, the same Matt Patricia, who was the Patriots' offensive play caller last year, now moving in as the Philadelphia Eagles defensive coordinator, and can he, we... he was a longtime defensive coordinator no, he, too. He, that's what that's what was. made him famous. Actually, he was. was being defensive coordinator. But it just makes it then it's oh he can do offense. It too, makes it just so makes much. it a better story that in the NFL he was an offensive play caller last year. Now he's a defensive coordinator. 
they're talking about so I mean the Eagles it's kind of a similar I love the you fired the wrong coordinator that is classic it's kind of a similar situation to the Cowboys where the Eagles do have an offensive coordinator but it's Nick Sirianni's offense Nick Sirianni was the offensive coordinator in in Indianapolis he's -hmm. an offensive guy got him the job so it's his offense even though there is an offensive coordinator but we fired the wrong guy and we continue going on. Hopefully, you still got a little bit more room left for dessert here as we go through the joys and the majesty of the Eagles postgame show last night after that loss to Seattle. The first interception, Quez Watkins just completely just horrendous. <laughs> like, like a noodle going does, up to get it. But, but it's, it's the Eagles' fault. I know. Putting him I out know. there. You I know. know that's what he does. I know. I know. 17 points. 17 points, that's the Hawks team. A trophy. Come on, Rob, man. Rob, this is going to go down as one of the worst losses in the what, last 10 years? Sirianni's worst regular season loss, hands down. I mean, you want to say the Super Bowl? Absolutely. This is the worst regular season loss of his career. Well, and again, I mean, the head coach starts blaming this, too. I mean, this is this is yeah. the fourth straight week. They've come out, eh? They've really been coming out, eh, for a lot yeah. of this season. They eh. weren't coming, coming out, eh. eh. He was throwing long bombs, and they were getting picked off. One of them arguably could have been interference. But he's throwing picks. Jalen Hurts was passing. They weren't just eh. Uh, they came out of the second half you, eh. Not the game. They came out of the second half eh. Yeah. I mean, you're on the road and you're being cautious about winning. I don't like that approach, but a lot of teams do that. But, you know, it seemed like he went for it at the wrong times. There was one, I, I think it's the same pass that I'm talking about in the end zone that was picked off where he actually had a guy open and he threw it to the guy in double coverage. There's that. There is that, and there is no excuse for that game-ending interception to Julian Love because you, uh, you have one of the more clutch big-leg kickers in the NFL. Jake Elliott can can do it all. I mean, we, 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 we appreciate kickers on this show now that we've seen what Brandon Aubrey's been doing for the Cowboys, and the Eagles, in all seriousness, the Eagles do have a good one. There's mm-hmm. no reason to chuck it up along the sidelines like that, but it also just speaks to just the the unbelievable athleticism. Like, I asked Zach Gentry about this yesterday. Even as somebody that's been playing football his whole life, he's been in the NFL four-plus years now, if you still just get awed by it. Because if, if you haven't seen... One of the touchdowns that T. Higgins scored for the Bengals on Saturday, the throw and the accuracy and the catch by Jackson Smith and Jigba for the touchdown, the Seahawks rookie receiver out of Ohio State, and then the catch and the way that Julian Love got his feet down for the interception. I mean, what these guys do with their bodies is unbelievable. The feet down was unbelievable. The feet, yeah, the feet down absolutely was. Yeah, not just to come down, not just to catch it, but then to come down with your feet in bounds. The the presence and the body control that these guys have along the sidelines is just it, it. It never gets old to watch. I wish I had more. I wish it got better than that. If anything, there was actually stuff before that that I didn't have the presence of mind to grab. Like I, I jumped in a couple of minutes in to the post-game show, because they were calling Drew Locke names as to make it a point of emphasis that that's the guy that you lost to, which, suck it up, because that's the guy that you lost to. The man has a heart of gold. You cannot hurt Drew Locke. His own home fans have booed him on and off a football field. You can't (laughs) hurt that man. You can't phase that man, because nothing that you're going to do to him hasn't already happened to him in front of his own home crowd. Man has guts of steel, 92-yard touchdown drive for our beloved Drew Locke. Happiest man on the planet. And you know what? 
He took uh, he 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 let it all out deservedly so the post game with with Lisa Salters he let out all the emotions he let out all the feelings and you love a good story like that like going back to that uh, that you know that Cincinnati win on Saturday Jake Browning in the post game show he he made a point to kind of stick it back at the Vikings like there was a little bit extra motivation in this game for the team that cut me and you know I'm thinking about I, I win the game and it's over I'm thinking about man they shouldn't have cut me Drew Locke has been through the ringer. In Denver, he hadn't really got much time in Seattle, but it wasn't even just like, this is the pinnacle of my career. It's, this is the pinnacle of my career after everything that's gone on to get to this point, and we we have a, a special infatuation for Drew Locke around here, but that's just a story in sports <laughs> that you can appreciate. That's a story in its own story. Locke, by the way, entered last night having lost seven straight consecutive starts. There you go. First win in three years, by the way, almost to the year and to the day. December 13th, 2020 at the Panthers was the last win. And what he did, you mentioned the drive, about 112 yards and a TD in the fourth quarter alone. He stepped up. And that throw and catch was ridiculous. 92 yards they had to go. I mean, we know that this Eagles defense has been susceptible and that was really the for my money that was the biggest matchup coming in was this this group of special uh, of of skill position guys the running backs the receivers that whole group for Seattle against that Philly defense and they held up for about 58 minutes but when if you get when you give up a 92 yard drive like that that one's not a cheapie like the team that won that one earned that one and this becomes a really precarious time now for Philly. It already was before. But this for every team in the league, this is all a house of cards. One little wrong move, and this can all come crumbling down. And that's the case for every team in the NFL. That's what's so good about this season. I mean, as a fan, that's what's good about this season. But You don't know what's going to happen week to week. But it's, it's, it's magnified when you have... This group where you mean to tell me that this particular group of individuals may not be the best leaders to plug the holes when the ship is sinking when this is your head coach after a win? Hiding in the tunnel when Chiefs fans can't throw anything at him when your head coach is an actual cartoon character. And then this is the guy who you, who <laughs> got just thrown into the fire a couple of weeks, a couple of days before this game to be the defensive coordinator. Why do you think this makes your franchise better? Um, well, you know, do me a favor, just kind of sit up and just like have a little respect for the process. Every day you come in and ask me questions and you just kind of like, you know, give me this. But I mean, like, just, just be a little respectful. Just I'm asking just to be a little respectful in this whole process, okay? So ask me a question professionally and I'll answer it for you. All right. Those are the two. When those are the two guys in the spotlight, hey, can you sit up in your seat like he's your third grade teacher? That this might not be the best group of guys to to plug the holes in the ship. Look, when when you're winning and when you're on top of the world and you're ten and one and you have a win over over Kansas City, you got some revenge from the Super Bowl. When you have the best record in the league, there's probably not a better head coach in, in the NFL to have than Nick Sirianni because he's a cartoon and because he's going to lean in <laughs> to everything that is 
Philadelphia sports, and it's its own planet. It, it exists on a plane that the rest of us could never even fathom. It's like a spectrum of light that the rest of us can't see that they exist in out there. He's a perfect guy for that. He's the perfect ringleader for all of that. But when it's not, we saw what that what that city did to Carson Wentz when things started going poorly. They broke Carson Wentz. You talk about Drew Locke. They, Carson Wentz, oh my gosh. They, bro- they, they broke Carson Wentz. They destroyed his psyche and ruined his NFL career. I mean, you know, he, that, uh, he, North Dakota State, we, we don't know exactly what his ceiling may have been if he had gone to a, a more forgiving place anyway. But he never, he, he never got over the scars that were left behind from being in Philadelphia when things didn't go the way that they wanted it to. Unforgiving is not a word that describes that place. And this is all to say that... Unrelenting does. Well, I, I, that, Still not good enough. Still not strong <laughs> enough. <laughs> but, not strong enough. Okay. But it's all Point to say taken. that for a team that has aspirations to try to get back to the Super Bowl... And try. Yeah, I mean, right now, right now, they they don't know if they're going to have a road playoff game, if they're going to have a home playoff game. They are still in the driver's seat for the NFC East because of the fact that that two of their last three games are against uh, the Giants, and one of them against the Cardinals in the middle there. But this is a team that is spiraling, and this is a team that is that is so unequipped to handle spiraling. That you figure, okay, our last three games we got Tommy DeVito twice and an Arizona team that's going for the number one pick there in the middle. You would think that it should be an easy 3-0 and for Philadelphia. I, not, not the way that they're getting in their own way right now. And when you have Seth Joyner, who, relatively speaking, this was pretty mild after the Cowboys lost about, you know, they were frauds and they had us fooled through the first 11 weeks of the season into can we get an adult to coach the offense and worst regular season loss of Nick Sirianni's career, it seeps in. Like, like we, we, we imagine in the best-case scenario, these guys don't actually listen to that. They don't care what any of us have to, have to say about them as, as athletes because they know much more about who they are and about how all this is supposed to work than we do. But this looks like a team that is folding in on itself because of that noise that comes with being in Philadelphia. You know, Sam, one of the things that we've talked about and people have talked about the Cowboys, well, maybe they're overrated, they haven't played anybody. Well, you can say the same thing. Maybe not about them not playing anybody. The Eagles have been held under 20 points on all four losses this year after going 10-0 and while scoring 20-plus. And uh, Jalen Hurts last night, season low, 143. And, oh, by the way, two interceptions. So maybe they did fire the wrong coordinator. Or maybe they fired the wrong quarterback. Man, uh, every time they showed Jalen Hurts, he looked lost. He looked lost, Sam. He was he didn't sick. Look like a, he didn't look well, I know He wasn't that. even supposed to be playing. That is true, but I mean, still, it, it didn't look like a guy who was very confident, like, oh, hey, uh, my bad, we'll get it back. I mean, I've seen Dak Prescott after throwing a pick, and he's uh, roaming around the sideline saying, okay, we're going to get it next. Uh, I didn't see that, but maybe it was because he was sick, because I, I forgot that point. No, he but that is also one of the big stories of, of last night, and kind of one of the themes of this season is 
Usually he looks more confident than that, and it's just every time they showed him, it's like, oh, my God. That the, and I, I'm a Jalen Hurts fan. That doesn't look like the Jalen Hurts I'm used to. Right, and there's that element of it. And then there's also, if you if you didn't think that it was important to have a backup, a competent backup quarterback on your team, like if you were a GM and you're thinking, ah, put a million dollars aside in case we have to go sign somebody off the street, like – this is the year for the backup quarterbacks to flex. We were having the story earlier on in the season where these running backs are having Zoom meetings because they can't figure out how to increase their value or, or how to stop their value from tanking like it's 2008. And you got these backup quarterbacks. I, I mean, it was uh, yeah, Jalen Hurts was, was sick, and Jalen Hurts was not 100%. And certainly there were some mistakes where you can point to, like, you're going to look at that last interception again uh, that he throws to to Julian Love and think how could it, how could that possibly happen? If he's as sick as the reports were indicating, I mean, all of us know that it may not necessarily be your your entire body that feels like garbage, but you know your 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 mind might not be right. Like he he, I mean, he may he may not have been in the right frame of mind compared to if he wasn't sick. But the idea is still. If Jalen Hurts is 50%, we trust him more than we trust Marcus Mariota. Because that's the Eagles' backup is Marcus Mariota, as opposed to, like, the Seahawks were doing everything they possibly could to get Geno Smith to play last night. He can't. Drew Locke comes in, and like, I'm not saying that Drew Locke is... I'm not saying that Drew Locke's going to be a starter anywhere next year. But you got to have a, a competent backup quarterback. Yeah, he was competent. He was confident, which was kind of interesting for As a guy he should who had be. lost. Who uh, for a guy who had That's lost? That's because I texted him before games. the game. Well, of course he did. But I mean, just the way he was playing, he looked like a guy who didn't want to lose. He looked like a guy. Hey, we got a shot to win. Let's let's go win this. And that drive was outstanding. That pass, I still can't get over how good it was. The only guy who could catch it is the guy who caught it. 